With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Um, before we start podcast, I say every week, but I have a Discord community. We talk about everything. I give away free records, free tickets, merchandise you get before anybody else. Um, so yeah, the link is in the description go join get involved also if you listen to this podcast regularly or this is the first time i'd love it if you subscribed and gave us a little review um at the end if you enjoyed it hit me up on the dms as well tell me if you liked episodes tell me who do you who you want to hear um be great to hear you i love i love hearing feedback so this week on the podcast, the one and only Monkey. Um, I have been aware of Monkey for many years through being a broadcaster, a DJ, um, and a producer. Um, and also I followed her for years and have kind of seen her fascination and her passion with football um, for you Americans, that is soccer. But the real term is football. Um, and yeah, I've I've came across Monkey a few times in person and she's always a super lovely person. Um, and I've always loved our brief conversations we've had. Um, and I've also really respected what she's done in her career um, on the podcast. You'll hear kind of some career decisions that she made to kind of make things happier for her um, which I really respect and you don't often hear it in the music industry so I'm gonna stop blabbering on and let you guys listen without further ado monkey monkey how are you mate I'm good I'm good fresh from my visa oh I really think. really how are you? well kind of yeah <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you play so was I Oh, mate, I had a nightmare weekend. I didn't actually play. Oh, really? I went all the there and I wasn't very well. Oh, yeah, then, I messaged you and said rest up. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I was supposed to play another a show in the UK and I got caught in the, the airport madness. Did you get caught in that? Coming out, going to Ibiza, I did. Um, yeah. But luckily it didn't really affect me too much. We just had to stand and run away for like three hours. So it wasn't, okay. wasn't too bad. How was, your, how was your show? It's actually really good. Yeah, I played yeah. Elro, which was nice. Where were you supposed to be playing? Uh, defected. Okay, cool. Where, where are they doing their parties? At Eden still? Yeah, Eden this year still. I've got one more next week and then that's it, I'm done. How many have you done? Huh? How many have you how done? Many have done? Ten shows in Ibiza this year. Oh, that's across, a lot. Across different clubs, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, man, it's a lot. It's like a proper marathon, but it's mad because the first one was like in May. So it just feels <sighs> so long ago. Yeah, the seasons have just got sh longer and longer, haven't they? Like, it started in April this year. Like, I, as of, like, IMS, when IMS hit, it's then game on through to October. Yeah, which is, like, bonkers. What's that, like, eight months of the year or something? It's crazy. Yeah, seven months. <laughs> I remember when it used to be, like, five months at a push. I remember at one point it was, like, three. Yeah. It was summer, and that was it. 
Yeah, but they just got to make that money, don't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, yeah. wait, people want to come here all year round. Okay, we're free parties. <laughs> how? How? What's your What's your views on Ibiza? In what way? Generally, for you, as like going and touring as an artist, how do you find it? I think, um, yeah, so. I guess my first views on Ibiza when I was a kid was like listening to Radio 1 and listening to that, yeah. you know, Radio 1 in Ibiza, this massive weekend, all the DJs having a great time. It's it's kind of this like spectacle that you'd look forward to every year. Yeah. As, even as a kid, like not being old enough to go, just like listening on, on air. And then the first time I went to Ibiza was actually like to play. Like I didn't, I didn't oh, go wow. as a punter. I was like 20 or 21. And I went and played. And the first time, if I'm honest, the first time I went, I didn't get it. Yeah. I was like, I think I was playing somewhere in San Anne or something. You know, we're talking 10 years ago. Um, I was really in and out. I didn't like get to experience the island much. And I came back and I was like, right, I didn't, I didn't quite understand like the hype. Yeah. And the more I got to know the island over the years, the more of the, the parties that I went to, the, the more diverse they were. So like the big ones, you know, space. Yeah. And then the big ones like Pikes and the, and the little secret after parties and stuff. Going to the north of the island, also understanding yeah. like the very like British, Brits abroad side of it. Like once I experienced it collectively as a whole thing, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And then, so I think it will always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, but then I've taken friends there in their like, you know, late twenties and they're just like, mate, it's so expensive. And <laughs> it just feels like Vegas. Yeah. And I kind of get it. Like, I kind of get it. I don't know what are your views on, on it. Yeah. I, I kind of similar to you, like Ibiza, have you ever done a season? Not a full season as in, no, not, never as a worker. Okay, anything, yeah. Like. So my, my, I did a season. Well, I, my first time out there was si my first show out there when I was 16 and 17, I like saved up and like just went for like a month by myself and just like, just to kind of network. Yeah. And then 18 was my first summer. And then I did 18, I was 18 to 20, 20, 21, I think where I did like full seasons. So like, that was like a part of my life where it was just, that was like, the Ibiza part of my life and Yay. I was a resident and I had a job there as well and just did like that was it was just a very special time of my life um but also I think because I'm sure it's similar to you where like you've experienced it, it over the last 10 15 years say you yeah. notice the change of Ibiza and you notice like everything in life everything changes and everything isn't what you remember it and for me, like, there's some amazing venues now, but it doesn't feel like it did what, it doesn't feel as magical as it does, did to me 10 years ago. Yeah, And I think yeah. that's, that's normal, right? Um, but I think like, I miss the, I miss the like, space on a Sunday pie. Yeah. I miss the manumissions. I miss the like, really, I miss the parties that you can't get anywhere else in the world. Yeah. That you used to get that in Ibiza. And Ibiza now just feels like, as much as I still love it, it just feels like it's a, it's another destination place and 
there's nothing really too magical about it however it is also very magical as an island <laughs> if that makes sense yeah yeah i'm always i'm always like i guess a little bit in fear of sounding or it was much better in my day of course you, yeah, yeah. I mean? but you know i just think it's different that's that's yeah. all i just think it's a different experience and yeah. like i'm not saying it's better or worse it's just different and um, also the crowds have changed right like <laughs> like it was even 10 years ago it wasn't about the vip culture unless you were at pasha yeah and pasha was that vip club but they did it so well that it was just like accepted but i remember yeah. like the minute they started trying to put vip tables in clubs people would like backlash at it and it just wasn't part of the culture now it is and i understand it like very wealthy people want to come and rave which is amazing for us because it means that we all get paid more yeah, it's just yeah. the facts of what of it of, of of the business and i think it's amazing um but yeah like i understand why people were like it's practically vegas it's way better than vegas in my opinion but yeah, it yeah. is still just like it's expensive it's really expensive yeah i remember having like i think it was the first year i played radio one in ibiza yeah and, um i remember we went to watch it was like pete tong back to back sasha and um after that a group of us went to watch the sunrise near near like the sea and there was like this little cliff yeah and as the sun came up we w all went to like jump in the water and at, literally as i was about to jump off this cliff into the sea i turned around to my partner at the time and i was like you know that ibiza moment i've never had and he was like yeah and he was like i was like I think I'm about to have it. Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that was my first like special trip. <laughs> it's so true though, isn't it? There's like there is something magical about the island that like everybody has something. Yeah. And generally it involves sunset or sunrise, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like the nearest part of the night now. <laughs> yeah, because you've just been raving all night or all morning or whatever, and it's just kind of like a start of a new day. And I, like for me, my residency, I used to play sunsets every night, and it was just a a kind of pivotal moment in the day when the sun sets, and it's like, okay, now it's time to rave. And it was just, yeah. it's just like it's, it's it is a special place i think it, we can just get very jaded by touring in and out there every week like the hotels aren't that great <laughs> like <laughs> the airport's terrible so it's like it we're going to ibiza comes with a lot of like first world problems put it that way yeah 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 totally no i spent nine hours in that airport last week this week <laughs> <laughs> that was a test that wasn't bad one more one more week mate one more week yeah, no. i've never heard the airport the whole airport ever in my life collectively cheer before when they announced that the plane was no longer stuck on the runway like, i've never <laughs> actually had that experience before <laughs> it's quite nice yeah it's like when you land in ibiza and everybody claps and you're like it's the only place in the world it still happens yeah it's amazing so how's your summer been it's been good it's been really really busy mm. i think um last year so the sort of first full year after covid i took a very conscious step to like not take as many shows as yeah. i typically would and be like really mindful of how many shows i'm taking what the shows that i'm taking um just for a bit more like 
balance life. in life basically yeah, yeah. and um this year i kind of i kind of did it again like i, I toured mainly in summer mm. not really in the winter um but i really went gun ho this summer <laughs> <laughs> i've been to test the waters again and it was great i had a really i had a really really good time but i think um it was a lot. It's like a lot on the body, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're playing like Australia, New Zealand, Bali, America, Europe, like it's all fun and games. It's wicked. But I think on your body, it really takes a toll. Um, if you, especially if you're like a little bit more in tune with yourself. So I feel like my nervous system is like starting to decompress. decompress it's taken, yeah. it's going to take a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, it does. Wow. It's really, it's really weird. And I think also, especially like the length of time you've been touring for me, it's like, I, I don't really like taking time off personally. Like I really struggle with like having weekends off up until COVID and then COVID kind of, I learned how to take time off cause we were forced to. Yeah, um, yeah. And like the last like end of August to now has been pretty quiet for me, which wasn't purposely done but it ended up to be quite quiet for for like yeah. three four weeks and i've like really enjoyed just like having a friday night in or like seeing my family on a friday night or seeing my friends yeah. on a friday night or just being able to like cook and like not have to worry about getting up early the next morning to get on a flight and things like that yeah. and i was, was texting my manager last weekend i was like oh, what? just before i was going to be i was like mate this sounds really like ungrateful but like i can't be bothered to like go go and work <laughs> and he was like well get used to it because you're back touring again soon um and i was just like yeah it's like it's it's an interesting thing isn't it because don't get me wrong i love it when i get to a show i absolutely fucking love it it's the best but there's still those moments it's like it's still a job right do you still get uh, that yeah. but do you not feel like rather than it being rather than feeling like ungrateful it's like you're quite grateful for this weekend that i can just be still yeah and then when i you love get back it. Into it when you get back into it it's like i feel like it's almost like enjoy more mm. and rather than when i was just like every weekend for 12 months and then it's like okay you take two weeks off in january and then you fucking go again for 12 months like it's actually madness i think that's my that is my life if i'm honest like yeah. I, and i love that I yeah, yeah. And, I, and i love that and i want that realistically um because yeah. it's what i love to do and i think that's the thing is when you get used to taking time off which i don't i'm not really a fan of going on holiday or anything like that it's not really for me but like I think when I finally get into the swing of it, it's like, oh shit, now it's all gone. Now I'm back on the grind and just know that it's just going to be tiredness for the next however long. But I love it as well, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's a really weird thing. Um, but I, I, when I was talking to you at Ushuaia at the beginning of the summer, yeah. um, and you kind of were kind of mentioning where you started your other business in sport and kind of took the conscious effort to not take as many gigs. I was like really intrigued and I wanted to go deeper into that on in Ushuaia, but we couldn't, but like, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want to get to, I want to know the process. Cause I'd love to understand it. I do understand it, but I'd like to understand it more. Wh which part? Why? 
like what was the yeah like what was the process of like okay I'm only touring in the summer and okay I'm gonna start another business and because in this industry it's very much promoted that it's all or nothing right yeah yeah, yeah. and I think it's quite can be quite an unhealthy kind of mentality because it's not all or nothing realistically you can have I don't necessarily agree with work-life balance because what we do is just it's our life and there is no balance for that um but yeah I'd just be really intrigued on like how the process started and why it started for you yeah I guess um I think pre-covid I was assessing like what I wanted to do yeah like okay do I want to you know in 10 years time when I'm 40 do I still want to be a DJ but I think people get a little bit scared, especially when you've had like success, to like ask that question. Um, I also think it's really strange that you you just do the same thing for your whole life. I don't I don't think it's like um, a bad thing necessarily. If you love it and you can, it's great. But yeah. I think it's it's healthy to like chop and change. And for me personally, it's a bit more interesting. Yeah. Just from a personal perspective. So I think pre-COVID, there were like thoughts going on in my head, like, okay, is this something that I want to do forever? Is this something I want to slowly like sidestep out of? Is there something I can do in tandem as well? But at the same time, I thought, no, because I had that mindset of like what most of the music industry is, and that is like you're in or you're out, and that's yeah. it. There's yeah. no, you can't be half-baked. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got people around you as well you've got like an agent a manager and that you know they're all in so they expect the same of you even though technically they work for you but um and then covid happens and i was like well fuck now i'm not doing it (laughs) um and there was really not much we could do really you know except make tunes but there was no shows going on so it kind of like forced me into this slower lifestyle that i thought maybe i wanted Mm. And it, and, it, and it really tested me because for the first time in 10 odd years, I hadn't s- stopped yeah. at all. It's just go, go, go constantly. And it was quite challenging, actually. I mean, it was it was more challenging than I thought it would be, put that way. I know it's challenging for, for everyone, but I think just sitting still and being in your own headspace for that long was like pretty um, eye-opening. Yeah. Um, and just previous to COVID in 2019, there was a Women's World Cup uh, in France. And for those people that don't know, um, I play football for Dulwich Hamlet, uh, which is a team that play in like a semi-professional league. So we play against like Fulham and, you know, in cup games like likes of like Wimbledon and Millwall, we play on Sunday and, you know, these teams that you would have heard of. And... Football was like my first love when I was a kid. Yeah. Not, not music. It was football that came first. And I went through several academies and then realised it wasn't a job for women. And that's all I wanted. So once I realised I couldn't do it as a profession, I kind of just let it go. Yeah. Then came music because I heard people like Annie Nightingale on the radio. I heard people like Annie Mack on the radio. And I was like, oh, shit, no, this is something that actually exists for us. Yeah. So that's, that's why I chased it. And obviously I love music. When I was 25, I got back into playing, which had an effect on me both personally and professionally in that I had to look after myself more. Yeah. Because those two worlds massively collide. <laughs> um, 
and it made me think, oh, maybe there's some skill sets that I have broadcasting that I can use in football as well and can yeah. sort of sidestep that in, into that world because women's football is getting bigger. I love it. It's another passion of mine. That's a really long way of putting it. But So in lockdown, when we had nothing to do, <laughs> I approached a couple of friends and I was like, all these sort of like football media companies are coming to people like us to ask questions because they don't know about women's football yeah. and they don't know how to tell the stories because they've not seen the, they can't look through our lens. Only we can look through our lens. We should just start our own thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how the idea came about. I'd just done a podcast for a um, company called Copper 90, which is quite a big like footballing community online for the Women's World Cup in 2019, went to live out there for six weeks. And we reported on the on the tournament every day. And it was so much fun. It was wild. It was like wild, wild. We're doing a podcast every day for 33 days. Wow. That's a lot of talking. Yeah, it's a lot of talking. And it was it was wicked. It was actually my producer, Matt. Uh, sorry, Lucy, um, who produced my Radio 1 show. Oh, really? That's cool. That show, yeah. Because they didn't, Copper didn't know too much about about broadcasting and podcasting. So yeah. I was there as like a presenter, but also like as a consultant, basically. Yeah. Um, and so in lockdown, I was like, let's just start our own thing. Yeah. We have nothing to do. We literally have nothing to do. My, my other mate who is part of In Motion, the company is called, um, she's a touring drummer in a band. Wow. <clears throat> so she was, she was still... And our other friend, Salon Hickman, she works for a football charity called Football Beyond Borders. She kind of connected us all because yeah. Salon's the one I came to first idea, but me and Salon play football together. Um, and that's where the, that idea came from. And we had so much time to like ruminate on it, ideate on it, throw ideas around, create our mission statement, all this like quite corporate shit that I'd never done before, <laughs> if I'm being really yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Like these were all very new terms to me. I've never, I didn't go to university. I've never worked in a corporate setting. Like the closest corporate setting I've worked in was when I worked for a major label with A&R. Yeah. Um, but this whole like, you know, business plan, marketing, da, 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 like fuck. It was all really new to me. But it was really interesting because like, I didn't think I could be interested in it. Yeah. It so alien. But I learned like so, so, so much. Um, and then we had that weird period of like coming back to gigs, didn't we? Where it was like, we were coming back to gigs, but we kind of weren't. Yeah. And we were in some countries, but not here. And, you know, it was all like very half and half. So at that point it gave me a, a, an opportunity to still kind of go be playing shows, not that many, but then also work on this other thing. Yeah. And it was around, you know, the Euros was coming up here, home Euros, we started to get a couple of jobs working for, you know, big sort of brands, Adidas, Puma, cool. just we knew pitching ideas. Um, and then it became like that summer of, when was the Euros? Last summer, was it? 2022? Yeah. I feel that ages ago now. 2022 was the first summer where like, I was really busy with emotion, but I also had loads of like a fair amount of shows. And it was pretty much like a 50-50 balance of doing both. Nice. Yeah. And for the first time I was like, fuck, like I can do both. Yeah. Like this whole time I've been told you're either in or you're out. And that's just not true. Mm. Like 
it just you have kind of have to just be to be brave enough to do it i agree um but i'm also really really lucky to have a sick team around me that believe that as well yeah my agent andy he he works with defected we've been working together for quite a few years now and he completely gets it yeah and i think that is quite key to be able to have the freedom to do that i think He's it, not, i think yeah. yeah i i think it's also by limit limitations to me create more opportunity to a certain extent and i think if you say i'm only doing 10 shows a year those 10 shows have got to be fucking amazing yeah 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 and it allows you to say no to so much um and kind of make yourself feel a little make the perception of yourself as an artist kind of more rare in, yeah. a, in a positive way yeah yeah which i think i was kind important. of just like i just don't want to be going to leamington spa on a friday <laughs> yeah it was really fun but um that's part of my life is done now yeah no i because i think there's also that thing isn't there in this industry that you just do it to do it yeah yeah it's like yeah, where's yeah. the meaning for this and the questions are like what is what are we what am i doing this for like yeah you're just if it's just to pay the bills it's like that's not what why we started yeah so it's like it's so easy to say yes isn't it oh like, my god yeah yeah if someone's putting some cash in front of you and realistically it's an e it's what we do is fucking easy in the grand yeah. scheme of things we play things, yeah. a few records and go to a hotel generally a nice hotel we get fed and watered it's yeah. generally pretty easy and somebody's paying you money you're like yeah fucking easy um yeah but then you do that every week three times a week four times a week 52 weeks of the year and you're like okay actually no you don't need to do that yeah yeah but on the flip side you know th this my other companies also helped me realize how like fucking great djing is yeah because i'm there were points in some projects where I'd be on a call with a massive football club and there'd be 20 people arguing over which player's going to be holding the Pepsi can. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> so what is your, what is your company? What is in motion? Um, so in motion is essentially like a creative collective or agency, mm. the brands and football clubs, mostly would come to so the sort of projects that we work on i've never worked with pepsi by the way i don't, I don't know why i pointed that out um uh so we've worked with like the fa the lionesses the euros the home euros last year there was a video that announced the, the squad for the tournament yeah. and we creatively directed that oh cool um it might be they need a strategy to sell tickets for a certain game and we'd help with the creative side of that so like arsenal is is the club that we helped with that yeah um venus might be doing a campaign around uh like feeling more comfortable in your skin yeah and that yeah. might be tagged with like a football player and we'd come in and help creative direct that so That's like cool. yeah so it's essentially like telling telling stories through a creative way with brands which is still very artistic totally yeah yeah totally so like, like that's definitely my bag in in the trio of of us three and then we we obviously have people that we pull in for like strategy and yeah. you know directors and all the rest of it. The, the the 
flipping long calls with the clients and stuff like I just I I struggle to have patience. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't come to that world. It's like different i think that's the thing isn't it because you're in a corporate world you're dealing with corporate people whereas when you're in the music world you're dealing with mostly creative people so people just get it easier yeah right? yeah yeah they just yeah totally it's just different my, my partner she works in technology yeah which is very you know that is corporate. her job herself is she has to be quite creative but not in the traditional sense yeah. i guess um but sometimes when she's like listening to calls not not to do with in motion to do with like you know music stuff yeah and she, she, we'll talk about it and she was like where the fuck's the accountability in this like contract or whatever and i'm like babe <laughs> it's just full of cowboys and crooks like let's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so true i was talking to um i can't remember who i was talking to the other day but they were talking about that they did like some work it, they work with like an a, an athlete in business where this i think it was like a a um swimmer that swam in the olympics started a kind of business consultancy brand because obviously like as you're aware like being an athlete it kind of takes a lot of like dedication and like routine and all of that and this um my friend was talking to this athlete and was like explaining the music industry to this person yeah. and the guy was like that's not a business that's gambling yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> and, it's, and when you look at it like that it's like yeah you know what like there's not there's nothing in this industry that like where it can be in business where you put this much in and over time you get double out yeah, right yeah. you can literally put this much in and get nothing out of it 10 years down the line and then maybe the day before you quit you get everything and you yeah. you earn more money than you've ever earned your records are more successful than ever and then everybody wants you and there's just no way to say like what is going to do well or not yeah have you yeah, noticed yeah. with like going with working in in motion that it's very different in like the more corporate world um yes yes and no i, th I feel like there's a lot of uh transferable like skills yeah. that i've learned just from like you know being in the music industry but there's a lot more strategy i feel like there's a lot more strategy yeah like very well thought through strategy like and like less i guess everything's a gamble like a business a new business is a gamble um but there are just a lot more like hard lines. Um, and how do you do that strategy? How do you, how do you get, like, how do you even start that? So we have a strategy. So we have a strategist. We work with a strategist, yeah. and her, her job essentially is is to come up with with strategy to present to a client. But I've also learned working with corporates, like a lot of it is just who can talk the loudest in the room. Really? Yeah, totally. Like totally. Like I always felt like corporate world was a world that like i didn't belong in yeah like i'm a creative i don't have any degrees or qualifications i didn't finish school like it's just you wear you wear suits and like this is like that's not me i just don't yeah i don't get it i don't belong there but in actual fact being in it i'm like no i can totally fucking take space up here because yeah. it's not too far off it's just a lot more 
um, official. <laughs> yeah, that makes that sense. Make, but yeah. also, you you can talk very well. You can hold yourself. You're successful in your own business in in what you've done previously. So there's no reason why you can't be successful in that. Yeah, totally. And I think as I've got older as well, I'm way more comfortable being like, I don't. I need to ask questions because I don't understand this. Yeah. Rather than just like pretending yeah. to know what I'm talking about. Is that like, is that based on ego, or is that confidence? Um. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm confident enough to say, I don't know. Yeah. Come back to you later once I figured it out, or I need to ask somebody else. And then you just, you kind of just have to let go of your ego, but don't you? 100%. Admit- Takes time, that though. Yeah, totally. I think that's just getting a little bit older as well. Old age. Cause... We're just fucked. Yeah. Old. Game <laughs> tapped out. <laughs> so. So with the whole, ba- the I want to kind of go back to the like the the, the switching it up from fifty percent of the year touring, fifty percent of the year not. During that fifty percent, when you're not touring, are you strictly on in motion? Uh, is, no, or, not necessarily. No. Okay. Not necessarily. Yeah, I, I might play a show or two. It just it really depends what the show is. If a great show comes in, yeah let's do it because yeah. it might you know it might be in, that might be my only, only show of the month like yeah. it's not it's not like a it's not going to take away from the stuff that i'm doing i'm yeah. doing with emotion um but i think the other way around is much harder like when i'm touring i just don't have the capacity to work on projects with emotion yeah. and how does that affect the business though well at the moment it's, we're quite lucky because we all had have other jobs. Ah, uh, okay, cool. So Al, the drummer, is currently on tour in North America with her band. Amazing. Salon so, so is, you know, full-time with FBB. So, like, we can pick and choose what projects we do. Which is amazing. Yeah, which is great. I think long-term, if we want to grow the business, which is, you know, the aim. Yeah. You look at, like, we'll probably be looking at, like, investment. mm and then it might be a bit more time. But, you know, do I slow DJing then down or does Al or whatever, you know? It's just, it's all just, all have to scale it to what we want individually, I guess. Yeah. What's the end goal for you? Within motion? Within life. In general. Because, like, without button in, but it feels like you're very focused to getting somewhere. Does it? Yeah, it really does because I think there's not many people I speak to that like makes these conscious decisions. Yeah, you're, like you're still young, if you know what I mean, yeah. as well. Like, it's the, these decisions don't get made that this young. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I think maybe I'm a little bit older at heart. Mm-hmm. I think I've all. I think I've already, I've always been a little bit ahead of what I wanted or originally like planned out to do. Mm. You know, when you're young and you're like, right, five years time, I want to be doing this and whatever. Um, I don't actually really have that kind of, I don't know if you do. Do you? Uh, Yeah. You do? Yeah, I think so. It does change Uh, occasionally. Yeah. But, and it would have changed from what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I, ha- I have like a career goal and then I have like 
life goal outside of like what I want to do outside of music, but not, yeah, that's not based on touring. And they're always like the goalposts are always moving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's more so like time. It's like when this can happen, that can happen. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just intrigued with you because it's, I've never spoken to somebody that's like, yeah, I've just stopped touring for half the year. And I know I'm just using that in a short term. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, I, and I'm intrigued cause I am trying to understand it. <laughs> like how it's done or why? Uh, both. Okay. Both yeah. really. I think why, because, um, I was questioning if I was enjoying it as much as I did. And I think I wanted to find out if I stepped away a little bit, if I missed it. Mm. And which I did. Yeah. But I also came to the realization that like when I did do it all the time, I guess, unlike you, I didn't enjoy it as much when it was like so, so intense because like, I mean, (laughs) I think we easily attach what we do as a job, especially a creative one as like, our identity 100% which it partly is right like of course it is I think we but, also don't have an op- opportunity to not as well yeah exactly um and I think when I stopped at radio one how I was like 20 uh 6 27 so I spent like a good six years on radio one from wow. quite a young age yeah really young and when I stopped I felt like I had a bit of like a identity crisis I, understand I was like, it was like a real zoolander moment i was like who am i <laughs> i'm not a monkey from radio one who am i yeah and and i think i needed to be comfortable with like knowing that i'm fine if i'm not a dj or i'm fine if i'm not playing football yeah i'm just like if i tomorrow if i want to quit and be a gardener like that's fine do you ever have do you have ever have those like wake up feelings of just like wake up and go well, fuck it let's just go do something else sometimes yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 sometimes sometimes i'm just like i just want to like start a farm yeah <laughs> that's literally my end goal <laughs> that's my that's same i want a small holding that, same that's my... same which is fucking wild because it's so opposite to what we do i know but maybe that's why maybe yeah i feel like sometimes i feel like at most peace when i'm like out in nature yeah 100 percent same like i I feel most yeah i went i went for dinner last night with a friend and we walked up uh we walked up to bristol suspension bridge and it was like pitch black nighttime and there's something about being high up away from everybody and looking down and kind of just thinking about life and talking about life. And there's a level of me never wanting to come down. Mm. And that, that feeling of like during COVID where I live, I'm really fortunate. There's like a lot of Hills and I spent a lot of time in nature and every time I was up on the hills by myself, it was like the best feeling ever. And then coming down is that almost that coming back down to reality. 
And it's like that not wanting to come back down to reality. Not because I have a terrible life. I have fucking the best life ever. But yeah. there's still that like, that thing of like, I don't want to walk past somebody in the street. I want to just be alone and just like, it, obviously it's not healthy <laughs> and I wouldn't yeah. want that forever. But th there's something about that, right? About being in, connected in nature that it just feels special. Yeah. I have a friend, um, so one of my good friends, he lives up the road. He's like a, he's a director, but we met each other, we met each other at Rave and he used to like be my videographer like back yeah. in the day. He's left me since he's a big boy director. <laughs> Promoted. <laughs> but, yeah. But his brother used to work in the city and he had like a city job. Yeah. You know, well paid, da -da -da -da, all the rest of it. And he didn't like it. And he quit, went back to school. And now he's a park ranger. Wow. In Wales. And I fucking rate that like so highly. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't earn as much. Um, but I'm really happy. Yeah. And like, that fucking takes balls, man. Like, really does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the idea of success has like changed for me over the years. Mm. So if you would have asked me, like, when I was 16 or 17, you're like, right, I want to be on this lineup. I want to be this up by the bill. I want to be earning this much. I want to be selling this many tickets. And that lasted for a really long time, yeah. right? Because that is also drilled into you as success in terms of like industry. Yeah. But now I'm just like, I really want to enjoy what I do. Yeah. And if I can make a living out of that, live comfortably, fucking happy days. Yeah. That's it. Like, like that's kind of as simple as it is for me. It's fucking amazing goal though, right? Yeah. Like how many of our peers want that? How oh, many, yeah. How I many, feel privileged. Yeah. How many of our peers are like at that point in their life where they're just on that rat race of touring and not really knowing where the next step is? And like yeah, also, yeah. also that like I'm sure you've seen it in from radio, but like how many people come and go, and yeah. and how many people are still like have huge hits, and then still chomping on that success of the huge hit five years ago, and still trying to recreate that moment again. Yeah, and yeah. It's. It, I think it's really I I really respect that that is the thing for you is like just be happy and whatever it takes to kind of do what you love and, and make sure that it is it stays what you love because there is a, a level of the passion turning into a job your passion turning into a job it's tough to keep it a passion yes yeah it is, it is i know some people who like don't want to necessarily make it a job because they're scared of that yeah I completely, yeah, I, can, I completely understand that. Do you have a thing though? Because, like, from listening to you, like, you wanted to become, you wanted to be professional in football. Yeah. You then wanted to be professional in music. You made professional music. Like, is there a thing? Is there a theme where, like, every time you have like not a new passion, but something that you're really passionate about, is do you have a thing where you need to turn it into a business? Um, I just, I just think I don't like the idea of not enjoying work Yeah, because like 
we as humans in society like we spend so many of our hours having to work yeah because we put food on the table because we have to put a roof over our heads because we have to you know people have kids and and i'm just a little bit determined to just not hate work like and i know that com- that sounds like it comes from like a really privileged place which you know right now it is yeah um is it though I question that because I think you can still, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is, but I guess I question that like you, everyone can find something that they enjoy to do, to work. Like somebody might love, I don't know, being a binman. They might love it. Yeah. If they love it, they love it. And if it gives them the life that they want, then so be it i think it's what we kind of not everyone but what we get used to is people like oh fucking i got work today got work tomorrow got that but it's like is that the case of society telling us that we just have to work to earn money or is that a case of like no one really being taught how to like go and find their passion and go and do something that they're really passionate about which we're very fortunate because we've experienced that I don't know. Yeah. I think there's so many nuances to the answer. Yeah. I can answer that question and it's not, yeah, it's not just, it's so just not black and white. It's, I think it depends on like your environment. Yeah. Growing up as well. And like, you know, the opportunities that you've been given, your economical background, your ethnicity, yeah. like all these things, they, they go, they, you know, they work in whatever way. Um, I think I was a little bit like naive when I was younger to certain, to certain things like being a woman in a male dominated industry when I was younger, I didn't actually, um, I didn't actually think about it that much. Yeah. With, but I think I was naive about it because I was so young yeah. and that kind of helped me. Totally. But, yeah. I think if it's not, if you don't look at it as an issue, it's not an issue, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I always just kind of like felt like one of the boys a little bit. One of the lads. Yeah. Um, How does that sit with you now, though? I mean, I think now I've learned, you know, now I'm, I'm a bit older and I've learned certain things how things in society are set up for women like it's quite depressing (laughs) if i'm being honest i'm kind of like one of the rare few that in my period of time i guess being a dj in the uk like managed to make a long career out of it totally when you think about and it's so weird because when i was younger like literally when i was you know 16 17 i used to genuinely think oh well other girls just don't want to dj because like they're just not into it yeah when like that absolutely is not the fucking case. You know, there were, there were hardly any people to look up to. There were some, but there weren't many. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, daunting environment to go into as a young woman. It just it just personally didn't affect me so much. But, yeah. like, for other people, it would massively. Mm. But, like, and that is... Me thinking that as a young woman is a reflection on our society. 100%, yeah. 
know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. even me as a young woman, I'm, like, taught to think like that, which is just fucking bonkers when I think back at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, my perception of it has definitely changed. Yeah. No, I, I think also the longer you spend in the in industries generally, like, you learn more about it and you see the fucked up side of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How 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 was the Radio One gig? How did that all kind of come about? Because that's where I first came across. <laughs> that's where I first came across you as a artist, as a person. Mm. So when I um when I left school, uh, I was I think I was sixteen or just turned seventeen or something, and I knew I wanted to get into radio didn't know anything about it um and i went to go get back a internship with a station like a local station it's called jackie fm <laughs> <laughs> in tallworth in like south london yeah um and it just so happened that the guys there so jackie used to be pirate in like the 70s the guys there they knew um the people from rinse fm because i think they like helped them out a little bit because rinse at the time was still pirate yeah and they were like, look, we obviously know that music for over 40s isn't your bag. Have you ever heard of Rinse? And like, do you want us to put you in touch with them? So I was like, yeah, great. I was super, super young. Uh, and at the same time, I was listening to like a lot of specialist radio on Radio 1. So Annie Mac, Toddy T, Benji B. I think Judge Jules might have still been on there at that point. Um, I just did a podcast I, with him today, this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking mad career that guy's had, know, by the way. Right, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went to meet the guys at Rinse and I was expecting this like tower block in East London somewhere. And I knocked on this door at a, like, it was like an office in Brick Lane and I walked in and everyone was listening to like jazz music and on Apple Maps. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I sat down on the sofa. There's only like five people in the office. Sat down on the sofa and then uh, Ollie's scream like bowled in the door. And I'm like 16, 17, so I'm like a fucking super fan, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dubstep's like just kind of blowing up. Screaming Benga. And he sat down next to me and I didn't say anything. I kind of just sat there. And he turned he turned around, grabbed some biscuits and turned back around to me. He was like, do you want to hop on? <laughs> <laughs> and that was like my first Rinse FM <laughs> interaction. Um, and yeah, I stayed there for, until I was 21, so like three or four years. And I got a show on there when I was, I think 19 or 18. Wow. Someone didn't, someone didn't turn up basically. And Genius was like, do you want a fucking show or not? And I was like, okay. And I just jumped in and then I ended up keeping that slot. Um, and then Radio 1 picked me up from there. That's mm. how they, they got me. I'd kind of got to know the crew at Radio 1 by that point. Yeah. I'd like played my first show, like DJ show. It's quite a small community back then. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in London. Like, yeah. like you're talking about the same 200 people. It's special though, right? Especially. When... Oh, honestly, like I feel so happy. I was part of what was going on in London then. It was like, it was, it was wild. We had forward at plastic people on Thursdays. You know, you'd see boy, better know, screaming Benga. Yeah. All these like, amazing artists who just roll in on a Thursday and I used to help um I used to get drinks for 
DJs in the, in the club on Thursdays. That was kind of like my job. Um, and then like KEB blew up yeah. overnight, became a pop star. And I was her touring DJ for a bit. And I was oh, really? really, that's cool. Yeah, I know I, that. yeah, I was like 18, 19. Yeah. So every, anytime she did a PA, like I would jump on decks for her. I mean, that's I didn't cool. do anything. I just pressed play on three yeah. records. Um, but just to be a part of that. It's amazing. It was, and it was, mad, yeah. it was like a movement then that that era was like very, very relevant culturally, culturally, whatever that word is, I'm trying to fucking say yeah, yeah. Um, for now, it like yeah. shaped the industry to what it is now. And now yeah, I yeah. didn't I don't really think in dance music in the UK, apart from like the jungle days and like the hardcore rave scene like there had there wasn't really a time like that from then yeah 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 i i hold those years like in such yeah. like fond you know fond memories like i was djing um, i was driving like dj zinc to gigs in my Peugeot 206 <laughs> like, what the fuck that's what an experience um and then we also had a party in West London as well um, called Yo-Yo. Did you ever go to that? No, I didn't, no. Mate, this, par this party was just wild. So it was run, run by these two guys, Leo and Seb, who I think at the time were both like A&Rs. Um, and it was this tiny club in Notting Hill uh, called Notting Hill Arts Club. Could probably only fit 100 people in. 150 at max. And the way you, I remember turning 18 and being like, I need to go to this event. Because it was the days of like, I think Twitter had like just started, but like MySpace was still a thing. And the way that you had to get on guest list was message this person on MySpace. That's so cool. And if, if they got back to you, then you're in. You're on the list, basically. Or you had to know someone. And um, it was just mad, like the people that would play there. Like Mark Ronson would DJ there, Casper no would DJ there. I saw Nas play there. Like, fuck, what? mental. Yeah. Um, and that was my first residency was there. And I used to play hip hop. That one, that was like, it was just a sick time, man. I, I don't know. I, I think, I'm sure stuff like that still exists now, but it's I, just, I was about to say that. Do you think things like that still happen? I think so. It's just, we're just not part of it. Yeah. And it's just probably different. It's yeah. like, I, you know, there aren't that many small clubs like that really No. in town. Um, it just costs too much to run. Clubs yeah. aren't clubs aren't good at making money. Yeah. Well, and, and, the people that own clubs are not good. Yeah. At it. I think the the culture's probably just it's just changed a bit. Yeah. But I'm sure you know people who are 18, 19, 20, early twenties now, they've got their own thing going on. Of course. We're just we're just not part of that era. Yeah, I think the whole in London at this moment, it's like the whole like lo-fi kind of house crew. Like the yeah. Barry Can't Swims and the Mile Grabs and things like that. They kind of have this thing that I think is going on a little bit more than what... Kind of how it was back then, but... Yeah, just yeah. Different and like, all, like Jungle and stuff is like... It's back. Kids are fucking playing Jungle again. It's back. Big sick. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fucking cool. It is, it is sick. It is wicked. But yeah, those are very, 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 very fond, fond memories. So you were doing weekly shows at Radio 1? Yeah, I did a weekly show for six years. What, yeah. on Sunday, Sundays, wasn't it? Uh, I did Thursdays and then I did, so I did the resident, I started in the residency. Yeah. And then I, I switched to Sundays, so yeah. Sunday nights. How was that? It was amazing, man. Like, 
when like when I decided that I wanted to be a DJ, that was kind of my end goal. Yeah. If I'm being honest, yeah. I was like, I want to be on radio because I wasn't like I just want to be a DJ. I was like, I want to be a broadcaster. Mm. And where, what is the end goal for me? It's Radio One, and my whole like five year plan or whatever was like right by the age of 25 i want to be on radio one that was my plan by the age of 25 i'd already been on radio for four years <laughs> which is fucking nuts that's crazy yeah but then when i left i kind of just like was like oh i don't know what to do with myself like yeah how how did you get through that like what was the process like why like obviously if you can but like why did the radio one thing end and how was that mentally for a 25 26 year old to deal with that it was really hard it was a schedule change yeah they made a load of cuts and it was a schedule change and it was really difficult because it was like my show was hitting good numbers yeah the numbers were climbing and it was kind of weird because the meeting was like it was like a breakup when it was like it's not you it's us (laughs) (laughs) really bizarre and i was in there on my my own as well like oh, I didn't have wow. a manager in or anything um but I remember I remember texting and like calling a couple of people in that immediate after the meeting it was like my partner yeah um Rada one of my best mates who works in music and yeah long 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 time ago before that she used to be my manager uh and Annie Mack I think I texted her um oh, I was really devastating yeah. I was gutted I was really fucking gutted. Um, but it is actually one of the best things that happened to me professionally, I think. Really? Because I got so pigeonholed into I just thought the I just thought Radio One was like everything. Yeah. Now we know that like it's not it's not, it's not yeah. Yeah. And um it was really refreshing, actually. And then 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 Defected picked me up like straight away. Wow. They brought me into the office and they were like, We love your show, we listen to it all the time. Do you want to come and do our radio show? That's so cool. And it was wicked. And I had never done like a just online radio before. But their numbers are fucking nuts. It's mad how big they've grown that show. Nuts. Yeah. And I think the the difference between the BBC, the BBC have huge numbers, of course. Yeah. But it's only been in the last five years that they've kind of gone global with like the BBC Sounds app and things like that. Yeah. Whereas Defected for years has been global and it's and you build a fan base worldwide. Yeah. Which is for longevity as an artist is so important. Yeah. Worldwide, like the Defected fan base are so committed. Yeah. It's great. So Defected, I don't know if you know, but they also sponsor my football club. Oh, do they? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So Wes, who owns Defected now, is a massive West Ham fan. Yeah. Sometimes we'll go to games together occasionally and the club were looking for a sponsor. First the women's side and then the club as a whole. Yeah. Infected sponsored the women's side and then a season later they sponsored they sponsored the whole club. So, so cool. Do you want me to show you a shirt? Yeah, show me. Oh, I think it's upstairs. I'll send you a photo. All right. Um but what was I what was I even talking about? Where's um, that's it. I'll go to, I'll go to like shows in fucking America or yeah. Bali or whatever. And there's like someone wearing a defected Dutch Hamlet shirt at the front. Always. And it's mad. Like, it's mental. It's amazing what they've done. And I think there's not many brands out there that have done what defected have done for yeah. artists. Like, 
there's like arguments with all these record labels like like defected like tool room cr2 like there's countless where like the counter arguments like the deals aren't good for artists blah 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 which you're going to get that in the whole of this industry generally because no one's ever going to be happy with a record label um but genuinely what they've done for the scene is unbelievable yeah, yeah and yeah. and for artists okay. the amount of artists they've fucking built and grown and given a platform to because they can yeah it's a really like not just the community as in the sense of, like the defective community like the fan base and stuff but just the people in the office and yeah. who like run the day-to-day -day stuff like i can honestly say they've become like really good mates that's awesome because they're just really fucking good people yeah and um yeah when i joined defect so colluded or the agency side of it um they're like rebranding and everything but they have this agency arm which my agent sits in and when i joined them a few years ago just before covid i sat down went to the office we went through like you know all the usual stuff i got handed this bit of paper and it was basically asking about my mental health mm. like, do you suffer from any like mental health issues yeah. how is best to support you da, 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 da. and like luckily i could leave that page blank yeah but i've never in my whole career by any agency or management been asked that yeah and i just was like wow that's a level of care that like i fucking respect massively yeah i didn't know that that's amazing that is really yeah. special because this industry is not good at dealing with that no yeah it's really it's not set up to deal with it at the end of the day <laughs> it's literally like it's like the perfect recipe for a disaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's especially when you like get into like the whole agent when you get into the business side of it especially in like america let's say for instance because like the agents in america are just business it's their yeah. they're literally hustle they're like whore you out as much as they possibly can really right. which is amazing um but yeah like the corporate from what i found in america compared to the uk the corporate side of the business is just insane like there's like you spend so much time there as well haven't you? yeah i spend most most of my time i can barely get booked in the uk like this year <laughs> this year i play two shows in the uk no way. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> I don't even have an agent here now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left. Them. Is that by choice, or you just yeah you left? Yeah, I left. Um, <laughs> I was with somebody, and then I wanted to split up my territories because I had another agent that wanted to work on like I had a couple more agent offers that wanted to work specifically on territories, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to go with them. And the agency that I was with was like, well, we don't we don't want you to work with anybody else. And I was like, well we're off then because I want to. Um, but yeah, like I find, I find the UK scene for myself, very, very hard to kind of be part of. Mm. Cause I'm it not, I, I'm, I'm not really part of any crew. Like I know I've done stuff for like, like I've done stuff for trick, which is like popping off now, but I'm not a trick artist. I don't sound like anything on trick. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really, that doesn't really kind of fit with me as much as I love Patrick. He's a fucking legend, such a nice guy. 
Yeah. Um, but like, I've, I'm not really part of any of that crew or like I don't have, I've not done BBC Radio 1. I've not, not had yeah. a show there. I've not had, I'm not part of any like clicks in the UK, which I find is very much way the way you tour in, in the UK. Yeah, it is. This is actually one of the reasons why I felt like I started to hate it a little bit, yeah. like pre-COVID, because I was like, I didn't feel like I wanted to be part of yeah anything in particular. Like, I guess my crew before was, you know, I'd ha- you know I'd hang out with like Annie Mac and Todd T and like yeah, that, yeah. you know, the Radio One crew basically. Yeah. Um, but then when I came out of that. Obviously, your career changes a little bit. And I was just, I was kind of like getting forced to like hang out with people that I just had no interest in hanging out with. Yeah. And I was just, I found it really weird. Like, I found it really strange. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna stay at 6 a.m. at this after party just to go talk to this one person. Like, just to try and get gigs. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, man. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I should have to do that. Mm. Like I get, I, I understand the hustle. Like of I course. get it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but in on the flip side, like when I did find, you know, defected, essentially, like that's become my crew. Yeah. But I just felt like I had so much more in common with them mm. that I didn't know existed. I yeah, think. yeah. But I also think, from an outsider's point of view, from looking at you as an outsider's point of view, your yeah. career isn't just defected. Yeah which I yeah. think is really important because I think there's a lot of artists that just stay in one crew and then that is their identity, but there's no way of getting out of that. Then it, you're kind of stuck yeah. for life. If you can like put your toes in and out. And of course, like your agency's part of Defected, you're going to be playing Defected shows, but like you yeah. release music on your own label, you release music on Defected, you release music on Tour Room. Like you've got, you're not just Defected, which I think is really healthy in for longevity. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a lesson learned from the BBC days. Really? Yeah. And also, like, the fact that, like, defected celebrate that I'm a bit different. Yeah. Just like they do with their other artists. Yeah. Honey, do you sound divine? We're all fucking so different. Yeah. But we're all still part of it. It's, we, it's really nice as well, though, because, like, the sound... Defected always had a sound over the mm. years it always had a sound but now it's kind of changed and evolved a lot in the last like maybe for me like pre just pre-covid a little bit it kind of when had when they had the rebrand with mk mm-hmm. and then they had cola with camel fat and and kind of things evolved a little bit um this it's not like a classic defected sound it's like you're getting multiple artists that are their own artists that just do what they want to do and obviously they start they have multiple record labels under the defected branch under under the defected like head so like i think what they're doing is really interesting for the culture now which is way more exciting as well but they just released a skepta remix of todd edwards yeah so cool like that's fucking sick yeah I mean, mass, mass tempo to jam and Skepta, but you know, just they just have their ear to the ground. They're just yeah. in touch with what's going on, and they're not afraid to not pigeonhole themselves. Yeah, I think, which is important. It's important. 
because if you do, you just get stuck. We we've all we've all got friends right there have done it right there. They sign to one label and that's all they release on, and then they're the they don't own the record label. They're not the head of the record label, but they just tour with that record label, and then eventually something happens and that record label ends or doesn't isn't fashionable. Like I had it with Dirty Bird for years. Yeah. It, like it pigeonholed me so much. And don't get me wrong, I thank Dirty Bird so much for what it kind of allowed me to do in my career. But still now, like I still get that, like people pigeonholing me into that kind of sound and genre, although I've never really played the Dirty Bird sound really. And I haven't released a record since 2018, but people, yeah. st like, you still get that if you know what I mean. Yeah, Which yeah. I understand. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult because I feel like at one point, it's like you had to be put in a box. Yeah. In order to like be on a stage at at a festival or whatever, do you know what I mean? Actually, to be honest, at you one point do. when I first started going out partying, raving and stuff, it felt a little bit more androgynous in that like someone might play a jungle shoe but they also might play a house tune yeah. and they also might play a grime tune and I, that's what i i actually kind of loved that yeah and then i felt like slowly it was like right you're a house dj or you're a grime dj or you're a bass dj and i don't know if that's like getting thrown out a bit more now i think i i think yeah i agree there was a period where you had to be part of something and you had to have an identity. And that's what I liked about Dirty Bird. It wasn't, it was purely about that. Like in one night on a Dirty Bird party, it would like be drum and bass, jungle. Yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. all of the techno, it would be everything, which was to yeah. me is amazing. But that kind of got unfashionable and you like had to make tech house and you had to yeah. do something. <laughs> or, now I feel like it's like, if you're not doing like, latino tech house or you're not doing afterlife sound or you're not doing trance where the fuck do you fit yeah um, yeah i think it will always it will always gonna have that but i feel like now especially with like the level of what like fortet and fred again and skrillex has kind of done for the scene on a commercial level yeah allowing djs to kind of open up a little bit more again and kind of be a bit freer and you're seeing that with the music that's getting written yeah 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 well I, I, i'm hearing some like garage like garage stuff and jungle stuff I'm like this is fucking sick yeah and i know it's like you know some of the samples we've heard before but it's still really quite refreshing the, the samples we've all heard it before because we're old in the industry yeah the, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kids haven't heard it which yeah. is funny like i don't necessarily like all of it like yeah i was like went to the gym this morning and they're literally playing trance classics i'm like this is fucking awful like please <laughs> please stop playing this but like the kids like it and it is what it is so like you can't you can't take that away from from them we just need to accept that it's not our era to listen to that yeah the trance stuff i um i'm not mad mad into no. If, if I'm being honest, there's like there's like an odd tune where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is sick. But as a whole, like, I don't think it really piqued my interest. Like back, obviously I was a child, so it didn't. Yeah. But like, it didn't really pique my interest there back then. I was more into like quite London 
sounding grimy yeah beats. grime garage jungle like that yeah. kind of thing so that that, that newest stuff like peaks my interest but tra- the trance stuff it's not it's not really massively my bag you know that tune children yeah that old robert band? miles that i fucking hate that song it, like, <laughs> And not because I think it's a bad tune, not because I'm like, this is rubbish. It's because when I was a kid, I used to fucking do gymnastics. Uh, okay. And my first my first um, competition, I got asked, that was my song to do a floor routine to. <laughs> and I just completely fucked it up and forever just, and whenever that song gets put on, it just like haunts me. <laughs> I think somebody like remade it like not so long ago and put like a pop record to it. I'm like, this is awful. But I do like the original. Yeah, I no, like I just shit. get like weird gymnastics, like PTSD from that tune. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was never into the trance, but I, Faithless were like the reason why I do what I do. So yeah. like there's a level of trance in what they did to a certain extent yeah. or like rave. Um, but yeah, I was never into the like Paul Van Dykes or. Nah. I was into like Prodigy and yeah. Ken Brothers Ken's and that was all the stuff that my mum listened to. Really? Yeah, AOA Stay and yeah, the, and then my uncle, he listened to like a lot of Garage, like a lot of EZ mixtapes. My mum's my side of the family, they're like relatively young. Yeah. My mum had me when she was like still a teenager. So that's like the musical upbringing, I guess I had. Yeah. Um. So it all kind of is reflective. And then like the grime and stuff, that was kind of like mine yeah, when yeah. I was younger. Identity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you ever make it? I fiddled around with some stuff recently, actually. Yeah. But when when I felt, when I was on rinse and stuff, like that's kind of what I used to play. Yeah, yeah. I, I would still play, I would play house records, but so, so some of my rinse shows that are still online somewhere, I think it's all like pretty basey and like i would start at like 1 30 and then it would like build up and eventually especially like during festivals and stuff it would be like jungle and hip-hop yeah because that's what i thought of you yeah like as a as a radio one presenter as a radio presenter like that's what i thought you were or knew you as yeah yeah it was a bit of everything really but i kind of had license to do it because i was on the radio like that's the difference yeah i wasn't a producer yet right yeah. And so people want to be like, you make this, you play this. Whereas when you're on your radio, you're like a tastemaker. So you're just like champion, championing sounds. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a particular one. That was kind of like the beauty of being a broadcaster. Yeah, totally. Freedom. Yeah, it was, it, there was way more freedom. And also I, people look up to you, right? They, 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 they value your opinion. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, like I don't know if you, like Zane Lowe for me was just the broadcaster the the best broadcast and still is for me personally like i just yeah. love his interviews i love like how he's what he's done for music like electronic and non-electronic realistically yeah like, yeah i think those were the sort of like radio one golden days weren't they really yeah. like that era of so broadcast was just was sick even like the day even like the daytime people you know yeah grim stuff are you wearing a whoop I am wearing it. Are you wearing it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mine looks battered. How, do you like nerd, it? Nerd alert from the both of us. <laughs> do you like it? I've been wearing it for years, man. Same. been wearing it for like uh, four years, I think. Mm. Now. 
when they first came out. Yeah, I do like it. It's, it's a bit of a data overload sometimes. Yeah. There's been times where I've taken it off for like two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never taken mine off. Really? How I've, long have you been wearing it for? Since COVID, since 2020. Okay, yeah, so a while yeah. as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like I'll wake up and I'm like, yes, going to get cracking in the gym. And then I'll look at my wig and be like, oh, I'm in the yellow. <laughs> or I'm only just in the yellow. Maybe I shouldn't. Instead <laughs> of listening to like my body. <laughs> sometimes it dictates too much of what I do. Yeah. Rather than just like sensing it out or I, like get both. I'm the opposite. I just don't listen to the whoop at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're on 2% recovery and then I'm like yeah but I feel fine so I'm gonna go train right. but then it's all, yeah but then it's also like what am I what why do I wear it yeah like it's I just like data I think right. I think that's what I've worked out and it's the have you, ever, have you ever looked at it while you're touring and just been like what the fuck every week <laughs> yeah average sleep three hours yeah like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, then, I had this one weekend where it was just like nap, 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 nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you listen to like an Andrew Huberman podcast or something like just a, a, a random podcast about sleep and how like if you don't get sleep, you're gonna like get Alzheimer's and you're gonna die young <laughs> and you're like fucked. And I'm like, Jesus. Like, Great, I've just taken ten years off my life, but the gig was really worth it. It was definitely worth it for that few grand. <laughs> <laughs> mate we just had an hour and 15 and i feel like we could talk all day um, i know it's been really fun what have you got coming up for the rest of the bearing in mind this won't come out until october i think um what's your plans for the rest of the year how's your touring kind of balancing going what's your plans for emotion etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so we're into winter now i guess aren't we? today is actually the first day it's cold or it's, it's cooler um, for me. It's like th 14 degrees here where I'm at. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, I dig this a lot. No, this is your kind of weather, is it? I fucking cannot stand hot weather. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a summer person. Really? You know, when it's like fucking 40 degrees in London, it's not the one. No. No, not at all. But yeah, October, I'm winding down now. Nice. For the winter. Um... I'll still be playing like a couple of shows here and there yet to be announced. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to, I'll be in the studio now really Sick. for the year and then be playing a lot of football. So Amazing. that's kind of my year and in motion, of course, but um, we're back to like the pitching, yeah. pitching part of the job. The hustling. So, yeah. The hustling. Yeah. Love so that's me. Love it. Well, mate, you're always welcome to come back if you ever want to chat, promote anything hit me up um thanks for coming on keep safe and have a good rest of the year see you soon cheers mate peace bye, bye, bye. and that's a wrap big love to monkey for coming on loved it um thank you all for listening go join the discord link is in the description please share please give us a review please subscribe till next time okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.